Good morning. I'm Kurt Spradley, one of your elders here. Today, although we're honoring all mothers, there's one mother especially that I would like to point out. And this is written, Luke chapter 1, 46 through 49. And Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he's been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. Good morning, um, everybody. Um, if you don't know who I am, I'm Darren Berger, and I am uh, one of the elders here. And uh, just real quick, I remember the last time I wrestled my big brother. Um, I was 16, and uh, I rolled him up on top of his head. And uh, that was the last time he ever wanted to wrestle with me. So, true, true story. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I have a quick little little prelude here before I, before I get started. Um, I apologize, my head's gonna be down a lot because um, I need to read this. I can't move about. I'm not a pro at this, but I wanted to clarify a few things and perhaps manage a few expectations, uh, including my own. Um, what you're about to witness this morning is technically not a sermon. I can't handle that kind of pressure. So if it's all right with you, I would rather call this something more like a book report infused with some testimonials. Now as part of, <laughs> and gosh darn it, um, I don't wanna cry, but I might, but it's okay because I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a baby that way. <sighs> um, let's see, uh, I, I'm really, uh, honestly, true, and this is a true statement. I'm generally a low key status quo type individual I'm perfectly content to sit, I heard that, Mom, to sit idly by while others around me do the heavy lifting. Church and my relationship with God is no exception. God knows this about me, and apparently he doesn't like it, because look at me now, <laughs> right? I believe that God has called me here today to be sure I was asked by Bruce and encouraged by others. Thank you for that. But I believe it was God who wanted me here. And in fact, I have no doubt, and I'll tell you why. Um, you ever hear that God will answer your prayers, but just maybe not exactly how you hoped he would? <laughs> uh, God knows I have too much worry in my life, and I pray to him about it. Um, and. God in his faithfulness to me has orchestrated a way for me to learn his word on this very issue. True story, right? You're watching it. And I'm sorry, I'm chewing gum, mom. <laughs> Trying to keep my mouth from drying out. So what I mean is God put me here today. God knew that I needed to learn something about being worried all the time. I prayed to God and he brought me to this place. God called me to be here and to be sure 
God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Another testament. If you knew where I was at 1130 last night out on my front lawn going, Lord, it's not coming together. I need your help. Um, the point I'm trying to make is that God is faithful. He will answer your prayers, and he's answered mine, which is evidenced by the very fact that I'm standing here today. And the rate I'm going, I'm a little worried that I'm going to go over time. So give me a signal, and I'll cut it short, okay? Okay, now here we are. This is our, this is our morning scripture, and it's from the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 25 through 34. And in my Bible, it's, the heading on it is, do not worry. How perfect is that? Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air, and they do not sow or reap or stow away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you worry, or can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow was thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first, the king, his, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you, <clears throat> to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. This is the word of the Lord. May God add his blessing to our hearing and understanding of his word. So let us pray. <clears throat> Holy God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your teachings. God, we come before you today in the name of your Holy Son, Jesus Christ, and we pray that my words and the thoughts and meditations of all our hearts will be acceptable to you, O Lord. For you are our rock, and you are our salvation forever and ever. Amen. All right. So um, this... Um, message this part of scripture is part of a Jesus's sermon on the mount on the mount where he, um, he was beginning to be followed by just a huge a huge mass a mass of people and uh, uh, he was telling them this um, so basically the scripture is telling us that we are God's most precious creation we are his children that's pretty cool in that sense, he has given us life in our bodies. Surely, he will care of our basic needs for food and clothing, right? It's kind of a no-brainer when you think about it. First and foremost, God wants us to acknowledge our need for him. He says, seek first the kingdom of God 
and all these things will be given unto you. And so, should we have anything to worry about? I, I don't think so, right? God says, cast your worries upon me, and all your needs will be met. He says later in the book of Matthew, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Yeah, man, I'll do that. He says worrying will get you nowhere. And ask, has anyone added a single hour, hour to their lives by worrying? Uh, no. Nope. Show of hands. Anybody? <laughs> uh, in fact, we as human beings know that worrying will shorten our lives. Worry is caused when we don't trust God. Worry is the opposite of faith. And worry separates us from God. God is saying you can be in this world, but not of this world. And earthly things won't make your worries go away. Gosh darn it, my television keeps getting bigger and bigger. <laughs> and it's just, it's not happening. Don't get me wrong, I love my television. God tells us to seek him first. All right, so stuff I worry about. You ready? I had to cut this list short. I had one guy, in fact, it was my other brother. I said, what, what do you worry about? Nothing. <laughs> I said, are you kidding me? Nothing. That was Dan. Yeah, Uncle Dan. So here's my list of worries in no particular order. Work, money, health, our world, humanity, and family. So um, this part will cry. How much time I got? <laughs> oh, I got a teenage daughter. I'll just skip that one. It's all right. I just do this. Oh, I used to be a mean, tough linebacker. Oh, man. Anyway, moving on to the world, okay? Um, ever wonder where all those plastic bottles were going? Um, <laughs> and then I worry about um, the world in general and the uh, delicate balance of peace. Um, I've got to put my glasses back on, sorry. Uh, you know, our president, for crying out loud, referring to the leader of North Korea as Little Rocket Man. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of amusing on one hand, but boy, it's, it's, it's provoking and condescending, and that kind of thing just worries me a little bit. And I get even more anxious when um, I saw on the news last week that uh, um, Jerusalem was launching 
airstrikes against Iran in Syria. So I think the balance of peace in this world we need to pray about. Um, let's see. Uh, money. Oh, yeah, money. Money, money, money. Like the song, Dave, money, it's a gas. Grab that cash with both hands and make a stash. Anybody? Pink Floyd, right? Yeah. Thanks. Um, I worry about having enough of it and being financially secure. I have to admit that some of my best memories of my life were had when I was my poorest. In college, having to furnish my apartment with uh, used furniture, in fact, now collecting unusual objects from the 1950s is one of my passions. And my dream job is to work in a second-hand store. I love a good junk pile. Here's another one. When my wife and I were going to college uh, in Las Vegas, um, we could do uh, Friday date night. That's uh, when we used to date and have fun. Um, we, could do Friday, we could do Friday date night for $10, okay? So we could rent a movie at Blockbuster for three bucks, and we could get a pizza at Chuck E. Cheese for $6.99. So good times. But, you know, by the way, what kind of food establishment has a rodent for a mascot? <laughs> you know? How am I doing on time? Okay. I start, okay, so uh, the next one is, you know, then there's work, all right? Um, I started my business in 2010 at the end of the 2000, <clears throat> 2008 downturn. Um, what some call the uh, second depression. It was just me and my old, my old boss, Art Hannafin. We had nothing at all. And for months, barely made anything. Prior to that, um, at times, we made nothing at all. Seriously. I remember having not much time on, or I remember having so much time on my hands that um, uh, we have skylights in the building where we were, and I built a, uh, a sundial in the, in the skylight. I made a little gnome, and I dotted the, you know, it's 10 o'clock, and I put a little pin, and we had spring, summer, winter, and fall, you know, equinox and solstice. Um, and that's a good memory, but we had nothing, you know? Um, and this is something that um, I've tried to give to Jesus now, um, but it's tough. It's, it's really tough, you know. Uh, what, do I, what do I pray for? You ready for this? Dear God, please, uh, please grant me a, a six-figure salary, company car, health benefits, yearly bonus, sick leave, paid, holiday, paid holidays, paid time out, or paid time off. Did I leave anything out? You can't pray to God for that. So... Uh, Shoot. This is what I pray for. Now, I got to tell you, I can't just skip this. Um, I pray for God's peace. And I give him praise and glory. Oh, why do I do this? Jeez. Knowing that he has and always will take care of me and my family. See, I can't do this on a regular basis. I'd just be like, ah. <laughs> All right, now my eyes are getting blurry. 
Oh, hey. Ton of Kleenex back here. <laughs> All right. Bear, bear with me, and I apologize. All right, the next one's health. Oh, geez. And as I get older, I worry about my health. And this is something I want to use as, as an example of God's faithfulness in my life and as an undeniable, true life, living word example of God's presence in my life. After I tell you what I'm going to tell you, there is no de denying that God is real. <clears throat> Let's see. Um, so what I'm about to share with you may sound like I'm bragging. Um, however, that's not my intent. This is about God and his faithful response to my prayers. God is absolutely amazing. Um, growing up, I was a pretty fit individual. I played a couple years of uh, junior college football. I was a heck of a linebacker, folks. I made the, uh, I made the junior college all-California team, and I came two tackles short from breaking my school's all-time tackling record. I'm a legend in my own mind. <laughs> Seriously, really. It's, it used to be a big deal. But when I was 19, looking back, I was a specimen, right? But you know what? Who, who at 19 isn't fit and in shape, right? So um, let's see. In graduate school, and I use this term with all the respect, my health nut wife and I used to work out sometimes twice a day for fun. Um, then in my 30s, we got the idea, we got the idea to have children. <laughs> and then in my 40s, we realized we couldn't get rid of them. <laughs> and God bless my kids, they're here. <laughs> so now in my 50s, my body really isn't what it used to be. So since about the age of 40, when I had to start taking a statin medication for high cholesterol, which happens to be my family's widow maker, um, I noticed my body slowly changing. And over the years, I've gotten a little, a little bit sluggish and tired, too tired. So I sit all day at my office computer, and then go home at night, have an adult beverage, or two, and a big dinner. My wife is an absolutely wonderful cook. Then I kick back in my powered recliner and fall asleep in front of the TV, living the good life, right? Well, as you can imagine, that's not the most healthy lifestyle. Um, I was beginning to feel the effects. I put on weight, was sometimes short of breath, and had to buy bigger and bigger clothes. Anyway, you know the story, right? Well, when you get into a routine, routine, old habits are hard to break. In fact, oftentimes, bad habits are near impossible to break. Changing something in one's life after you have been doing it for a long time can be one of the most difficult challenges we ever face. For the longest time, I wanted to make a change. I tried, but I couldn't do it on my own. However, now, in the last three months, you ready for this? I have lost nearly 35 pounds. Yeah. Seriously. But I prayed to have the courage to get into shape, and 
God responded. Again, when you look at me, I look marvelous, right? <laughs> I'm not faithful to God. I am a sinner and every day fall woefully short of his grace. It is God who dwells inside me, who is steadfast and faithful to me. I prayed to him for the courage to change my behavior, and he did. So my 35-pound weight loss is to his glory. Amen. We okay on time? Because I got another story. <laughs> and I might cry on this one. We okay? It's a little bit longer than the last one. Gosh, it's crying business. Oh, okay. True story. <clears throat> not too long ago, my wife and I, my health nut wife, <laughs> I'm going to hear it tonight, <laughs> um, got into a spirited conversation. One of our offspring, the subject matter, which is not important, however, uh, about one of our offspring. However, I would say, as far as conversations go, we were technically arguing, which happens. As we discussed the issue, the conversation turned and it was brought up that my attitude wasn't very Christian-like. You ever get that one? You guys have gotten that one, right? Um, you see, as I've gotten older, um, boy, I'm, you know, I'm tired. I've, I've gotten onrier. And uh, um, it just seems, you know, time is running out to straighten out people. So I'm a little terse and onry. However, I didn't think that I was unchristian-like, and that comment that she made kind of bugged me even more. But it didn't matter because the conversation was over. She did one of those classic talk-to-the-hand power move, and she was out the door on her way to work. And she left me there to stew in my own dogmatic, I'm right, you're wrong, my way or the highway attitude. And so you know what? It's exactly what I did. It's exactly what I did. Now, you know, to be honest, this really wasn't a pleasant conversation, and I was truly as I say when I'm done, was that I was fed up. Um, and as I continued to get ready for work, I was thinking about this whole thing over and over. And with no one else there to argue with, I started to argue with God. I was mad, darn it. Side note here, I wouldn't recommend arguing with God. Not a good idea if you think about it. But that's what I was doing. And I finally got to the place where in my frustration, I was questioning God. Like a little kid that keeps asking his parents, why, why, why? Uh. And I began to wonder where God was in all this and why things have to be so uh, difficult. I was tapping my foot then. I'm having a flashback. <laughs> I don't know. By the time I finished getting ready for work, I was pretty stirred up, still questioning God, wondering why, and having no answers. 
As I walked out of my house, I slammed the door behind me and let out an expletive and a sigh of frustration. I got into my truck and closed the door. Right at the moment I got in, I started my car and a song came on the radio. The words of which I've heard countless times before, but on this, oca on this occasion, they came across as if God had put them there. Some of you will know this song. Name that band, Hands on Buzzers. <laughs> so this was God's voice over the radio. And remember, I am just, uh, you ever get that way? Just in a knot, and you're like, what the? Ugh. So this is what God says on the radio. Carry on, my wayward son, or there will be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest, and don't you cry no more. No tears. Second verse, or another verse. I'm paraphrasing here because it repeats a lot. Carry on, you will always remember. Carry on, nothing equals the splendor. Now your life, now your life is no longer empty. Surely heaven waits for you. In a rock and roll song. Just, I clicked, I sat down, I turned the key. You know how you get in the car, you go from the outside and the birds are chirping, lawnmowers are going, cars are racing by and it's kind of noisy and you're mad. And you step in the car and you close the door and it just, go silent for that brief little second and I put the key in and I turned it and it was perfect absolutely perfect and it was that song all right I get it though um uh, let's see well let me back up um now I know these words aren't God's words from the Bible, right? But in that moment of my anxiety and frustration, where just moments earlier I was questioning God and was full of anger, he puts these words on the radio. At that moment, in that place, the words of this song touched me. I knew that God put them there because in an instant, all my angst and anger simply just went away. God spoke to me through that song, and he said to me, he never promised any of this would be easy. That, I mean, that would hit me like a ton of bricks. I'm sure it's in the Bible somewhere, right? You say a prayer and, you know, invite God in, and it's all easy. And while I'm not worthy of his love and grace, he offers me a place to rest my weary head and promises me peace and salvation in the end. All right, this is what I wanted to say. So you guys might think I'm crazy, right? Because every time I stand up here, I got a story about God talking to me on the radio. <laughs> right? Right? So I thought that same thought because, you know, I think it went over me. And I'm like, whoa, this is awesome. And then, you know, like you got the angel and the devil. And then the devil pops up and goes, dude, this rock and roll song, that's devil worship. You know, that message is you're hearing, you play that record backwards and it, you know, tells you to kill your dog or something. And I'm like, 
man, am I confused? Am I wrong? You know, give me a sign, God. I need this so bad. So here, this, this, this is awesome. So I had that. And I'm like, wait a minute. Maybe I'm wrong. You know, maybe I shouldn't be listening to these words. It's, it's, it's a rock and roll song. It's not from the Bible. Um, so, um, wait, this is good. Wait for it. Oh, <laughs> I had a little more, but we'll skip that because I know I'm running long. So I, I, I get on, um, I, I Googled it. I love Google. It's as, almost as much fun as my television. So I get to work, and I'm like, what is going on, God? Is this okay? And I Googled this, and um, sure enough, um, the song was written by the band's lead guitarist, Kerry Livgren. You, you know the story. Kerry Livgren, and he states that the song was spiritually inspired, noting that as a member of the rock band Kansas, he found Jesus and became a born-again Christian. And there's a bunch of videos on it. And I'm like, woohoo, yeah, <laughs> right on. I wasn't wrong. And then as that, if that wasn't enough, and it was, but the, uh, the bass player to, to that band um, who had a $40,000 a year drug addiction um, became uh, a priest and has his own church. And then those two guys um, formed a, uh, a Christian band together. It's like, whoa, you know? So yeah, God, um, I said to God, please show me some kind of sign. Is this your message? You want me to carry on? That is, that is I'm your son, that I can rest my weary head on you and my life isn't empty. And maybe there's no peace right now, but there will be peace when this is all done. And Jesus Christ holds a place for you and me and all of us. How cool is that? All right. So as far as those radio voices go, all I can say is we find what we seek. And God speaks to me and over the radio. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, so here's my closing. When God responds to our prayers, it's not always what we want. <sighs> you guys get that now, right? This is not what I wanted. I didn't want to be up here. This is hard. This, yeah, it was hard. I prayed to God to help take my worries away, and in response, God put me in a situation that has taught me about what he wants me to know about worrying. God asked, has anyone added a minute to their life by worrying? Really? He asked that, but I love that about God, is because it's like, no, he's done. God says, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. How does tomorrow worry about itself? I, I don't know. But if tomorrow worries about itself, I don't need to do it. And if I'm not worried about tomorrow, then that frees me up to seek God's kingdom right now. 
And not just today, right now, but tomorrow too. So what should we do with worry? We should worry about nothing and pray for everything. Amen. Holy God, I know this. As a husband, father, and son, there is no more difficult a job on the face of this earth than being a mother. So God, thank you for our wonderful, beautiful mothers who give and have given to us unconditionally. Our mothers love us and we love them. And there is nothing better than a mother's warm embrace. God bless our mothers. God, as we leave here today, equip us not to be worried and remind us that we need to lift up our troubles to you. And brothers and sisters, may you leave here knowing that life is no accident. God has a plan and you are a disciple of that plan. God who indwells us has something he wants to do through us. Believe it and face this next week in his equipping, faithfulness, and love. God bless you and amen.